free to uh, keep your eyes closed or stare at me the whole time. That's okay too. Um, and I want to offer a few reflections tonight on, uh, on a passage in Matthew that we've all skipped over many, many, many times uh, before uh, to get to the more exciting parts of Matthew's gospel, like the uh, parables and the narratives of Jesus' life. But um, I want us to come to um, the, the opening of Matthew, and it's a list of names, and it's the genealogy of Jesus. And bear in mind that this is the first thing that you find when you open the Matthew, Matthew's gospel. You find a list of names. You find a genealogy. And bear in mind, too, that this is the first thing you come across when you open the New Testament. The first thing you find is a genealogy. Why is that? Because the first rule of any uh, good writing is to open with something that's going to catch people's attention, right? That's the first rule. You don't want to open your writing with something that's going to kill people with boredom. So why does Matthew open with a genealogy? Well, there we see. I think, on the one hand, what Matthew is doing here is that he is telling us what families are really like. And on the other hand, he's giving us the gospel, I think, in short form. How so? I'm going to read the genealogy, and then I'll offer a few reflections on this. Now, bear in mind, this might be the only time you hear a genealogy read in uh, a church kind of setting, okay? So you guys should feel privileged that I'm about to read this. And if any of you are having, uh, any of you, uh, having children soon, take note, because there's some killer names in here, okay? <laughs> so relax. Let's, we'll, we'll do this as a, a kind of a, a, a breathing exercise because it's in three sections. I'll tell you as we go, okay? Are you ready for this? <laughs> All my study is putting into, into how to pronounce these names. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Sorry, I'm sorry. This is it. I'm going to read under this light because I'm quite blind as well. Okay, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminabab, Aminabab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Selmon, Selmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. First section down. You guys are still awake? Good. David was the father of Solomon, whose, whose mother had been <clears throat> Uriah's wife. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jothram. Jothram was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Amon. Amon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah was the father of Jeconah. Jeconah and his brothers, this was at the time of the exile. Second section, last section. You guys are doing well. 
After the exile to Babylon, Jeconah was the father of Shittiel. Shittiel was the father of Zerubbabel. That's the killer name. Andy, take note of that one. Uh, Zerubbabel was the father of uh, Abihud. Abihud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zaduk. Zaduk was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Elihud. Elihud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. And Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations from all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile, to the Babylon exile, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Wow. First and last time I'm going to read that. Oh, that's awesome. You guys did it. So, I think this is... You guys are still awake, right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that is a killer, eh? But you've got to read it. You've got to read it. Um, I think this is, I think this is the gospel uh, distilled for us. And this is what I want, what I want you to think about tonight. As as we look at this genealogy, I want you to ask yourself, what type of people does God use to redeem this world? What type of people does God use to redeem this world? And Who is in the family of God? Who is in this genealogy? Because for the most part, what we do get is we get a genealogy of the heroes of Israel. But we also get these weird, quirky characters, these oddballs, these outsiders, these strangers. We get these people that seem a long way away from God. We get basically sinners. Who's in the family of God? What kind of people does God redeem this world through? Here's some concrete examples. Jacob. Jacob is in this genealogy. Do you know who Jacob is? Jacob is a patriarch of Israel. He's one of the patriarchs of Israel. Jacob is also someone who wrestled with God. Jacob is a wrestler with God. I wonder if some of us know people who wrestle with God. Perhaps there's some of us here tonight who wrestle with God. We believe in God, yes. We take God seriously, yes. But we have doubts. We have questions. We wrestle with God. Perhaps we've spent most of our lives wrestling with God. Perhaps that's us. And we might say, yes, I wrestle with God. Okay. Okay. You wrestle with God. Wrestling and questions does not keep you from being part of the family of God. In fact, wrestling and questions may open you up and open other people up to a deeper understanding of who God is. God was pleased to have Jacob as part of his family. Okay, that's one. Who else is here? This is extraordinary. Rahab. 
Rahab's here. The story of Rahab is told in Joshua. Do you know who Rahab is? Rahab was a prostitute. She was a prostitute. A prostitute is in the family of God. I wonder if there's some of us here tonight that have felt that for some reason we've just written God off or perhaps we've felt that God has written us off. Perhaps there was some, we have committed a sin a long time ago and it still haunts us or perhaps it still defines our life. Okay. Okay. Rahab is on the very first page of the New Testament. God was pleased to have Rahab as part of his family. And he's pleased to have you too. God is pleased to have a prostitute as his family member. And through Rahab, God brought redemption into this world. And by bringing redemption through Rahab, he redeemed Rahab. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that that's so good? Who else is here? Ruth. Ruth is here. Do you know who Ruth is? Here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Most people know who Ruth is. Ruth's not even an Israelite. She's not even an Israelite. She's a Moabite woman. She's a foreigner. She's a foreigner. She doesn't even belong to Israel. She married into an Israelite family. Maybe some of us here feel like we're outsiders. Maybe some of us here feel don't we, we, we feel like we're not in the in crowd. We're not one of the approved people. God works through insiders and he works through outsiders. God is pleased to have Ruth as part of his family. And he's pleased to have you too. Okay, there are heroes here as well. David's here. So we're going to be okay. David's here. We all know who David is, right? David is like the archetypal king of Israel. He's the hero. He's the slayer of Goliath. He brought the tribes together. He danced before the Ark of the Covenant. He's the one who wrote most of the songs in the Psalms and most of the hymns in the Psalms. And he's also a murderer. And he's also an adulterer. I wonder if there's some of us here tonight, successful, successful like David, successful in business, successful in industry, successful, but there's a secret sin. There's something secret that we're hiding. Perhaps we've compromised ourselves in some way. Perhaps we've abused that power. God can work through our sins. He can work through them. They do not keep us from being part of the family of God. God was pleased to have David as part of his family. Okay, last one, last one. So we also get these guys. Azor, Eliakim, Zadok. Now, you know who these guys who are, who, who these guys are, who, right? 
You know who they are? I don't know either. No one knows who they are. No one knows who these guys are. They don't know who, who they are, what they did, or why the heck they're in this genealogy of Jesus. They don't know. I wonder if some of us here feel like we're nobodies. That we're neither good nor bad. You know, that we haven't really done anything. That we don't stick out of the crowd. Who are we? I don't know. God works through the unseen. He works through those of us who feel like we're unseen and on the margins. God's got this way, man, God's got this way of just grabbing us and drawing us in to the most extraordinary, the most extraordinary thing that's happening in this world, which is his love and redemption and inclusion. If you feel like you're unseen, God works through the unseen. Okay, let me end with this. I think this is a genealogy of grace. That's what I think. That's why I think this is on the front page of the New Testament. I think this is about grace. What is grace? It's the moment where God hands you back your life. Because when you're not living in grace, you're actually holding on to your life. It's something that you don't even have. You think you have it, but you don't have it. And grace is where God says, I'm giving it back to you. Why? Because a human being fully alive is the glory of God. And when God hands you back your life, he says, be who you are, truly who you are. Become the person I made you to be. Don't get tangled up anymore. Here's grace. Now go and live. Go and live. Stand up and live. This is grace. What kind of people are in the family of God? It's a funny thing is, you look at this genealogy. Who does God work through? Who does God use to redeem the world? Who's included in the family of God? People like you and people like me. People like you and people like me. And sharing these stories of Jesus, I think, is the way of grace. And it's the way to spread the word of God, telling our stories. Those are powerful stories. Don't be afraid of your story. They're powerful stories that God uses. And it also reminds us that the world is more than we thought it would be. That you are more than you thought you could be. And that God is more than you will ever think. <laughs> right? And it also tells us that you are not trapped in the story that you tell yourself. Let me say that again. You are not trapped in the story that you tell yourself. God gives you your life back. God works through sinners and he works through saints. He works through insiders and he works through outsiders. He works through oddballs and he works through the quirky. I should know. <laughs> and above all, God is pleased to have you, all of you. God is pleased to have all of you as his family members. That's good news. <laughs>